0: to the Moisture Festival podcast. I am Matthew Baker and I perform a comedy
1: stunt show at the Moisture Festival. And I'm Louie Fox and I perform a comedy magic show and hand shadow puppets at the Moisture Festival.
0: If you're new to this program and don't know exactly what the Moisture Festival is, the Moisture Festival is a four week festival celebrating the variety arts and it happens in the city
1: of Seattle. They've got the new venue, which is the Broadway Performance Hall. Now, this is the largest festival of its kind in the world and features some of the best entertainers and comedians working today.
0: The festival happens in the months of March and April. And not only do they have world-class variety acts, the Moisture Festival also hosts a week of burlesque shows.
1: Yeah. Now, if you're listening to this during the festival or around festival time, be sure to get tickets now because 95% of the shows sell out.
0: You can get tickets to all of the shows by visiting the website
1: MoistureFestival.org.
0: On today's Moisture Festival podcast, we are joined by the
1: poet Peter Paul Van Camp. We learn about bird watching. We learn about how he moved from Ohio to Canada and all about poetry.
0: We talked about his show business family lineage and sort of how he decided to get into this business and what brought him to the Moisture Festival. One of my favorite conversations so far with any of the performers. Let's get to it, Louie. Yes. <laughs> All right. Our guest is a musician, author, and poet from British Columbia, Canada. He has performed all over the world at folk festivals, concert halls, and coffee shops for 50 years. He has authored the books When My Grandmother Cleans My Room and The Better Poems of Peter Paul Van Camp. We welcome in the performing poet, Peter Paul Van Camp. Hey, that's me. How, how are you fellas doing? And I I complimented you earlier, but you are by far the best dressed guest we've ever had on this radio program
2: well i, I agonized over what to wear uh, the best i could come up with on uh, on a sunday morning so i think uh, uh, I, that
0: that is the nice thing about zoom is that you can look good from uh, waist
1: up and no one knows if you're wearing pants or not
2: well oh, i've got pants on believe me <laughs> I,
1: uh, I like yes. how you're not showing us though <laughs>
2: Well, all right, then. uh, This is getting
1: weird. okay. (laughs) Hey, look at that. That Nice.
0: So uh, explain to our listeners uh, what you do exactly.
2: Well, in how many words? Um,
0: In seven words.
2: uh, My best effort today and better luck next time. How's that? That's eight words. That's good. Well, no, I've been, I've been. When I was young, I started, I started writing uh, verse. Uh, I I grew up in Kishawkton, Ohio, actually, and uh, I found one day that the, the day that I went down to the uh, the courthouse square, I, I, I determined that this was going to, this was going to be the day when when I would put myself out in front of the public, a public with whom I'd grown up and who knew me. And I, I made a little a little placard, and it said, "Poetry will be read here today." And I I, I was holding it. and I was just about to tap it into the ground on a, a little a little stick, and uh, this fella came up one of the one of the Kidney brothers, uh, Bradley, I think it was. Anyway, they are all wall-eyed. You couldn't you couldn't tell one from another, but they were disreputable fellows. And he said and he said to me. He read my sign. He covered his, his his wild eye and read my sign, and he said, "Not around here, you don't." And um, oh, I thought to myself, "Is that the way it's going to be after all this?" Uh, so, about three three weeks later, I moved. To, <laughs> I moved to Canada. I moved to Montreal, and uh, no one knew me knew me from from anyone else. Uh, I presented myself much in the way you see me today, and I started going to the coffee houses there and meeting the musicians. And I was a bit of an anomaly then because they didn't have so many poets showing up at these places, and uh, because of the novelty factor that that afforded me, I I guess that uh, uh, I stood out, and uh, I, I that was my sole advantage because i was a a neophyte writer uh Uh, but i determined that i could become an entertainer of some description or stripe and uh i've kept at it since 1972 so
1: how how old were you when you moved to can when you went up to the courthouse square with your your sign
2: i was 19
1: 19. so you were in college or just getting out of high school
2: I finished high school, and I had been away for a, a short course uh, at, at a uh, an institute in uh, well, it's it's it was in it's near Missouri. It's in it was on Spitler's Island in the Missouri River, and it it's, it was washed away in a flood years ago. Called the uh, oh what they, the, the 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 something about.
1: Tri-State Institute of Gentlemanly yes, Attainments.
2: Yes, of course I it's escaped my the Tri-State Institute of Gen- Gentlemanly Attainments and I uh, I was taking the uh the the table manners course and I uh th- th- I took my degree. And uh, is that, that's a real thing, because
0: like some of the stuff I was reading about you, I was like, this has to be a joke. I know I was
2: Googling things? like
1: Tri-State uh, gentlemen Attainments and I was getting all sorts of weird pill advertisements. I was like,
2: mm. <laughs> well, that's that's the way of it uh, nowadays. But in its day, uh, the old, they had a, a football team called the Old College tries, And I, uh, I wrote their um, uh, fight song <laughs> called Please Pass the Football um because i of course been in the table manners faculty so it, uh, i had some expertise in that area
0: <laughs> wait can we hear that do you do you remember that
2: fight song uh let's see let's how did it go our our tutors have coached us when seated at table politeness is always preferred and diners desiring sliced bread or potato may help themselves to the magic word And when on the gridiron our varsity he men for glory and victory strive, they are not unmindful of niceties graceful, picked up mid the forks and the knives and so it's please pass the football please pass the football won't you kindly toss the football to me i'm out here in the open mr quarterback i'm hoping that you'll please pass the skin and put a little mustard on it better now than later because i'm waiting here in pay dirt for you to please pass the football (laughs) <laughs> please pass the yeah. football, please.
0: Yeah. I think uh, did they it. not have a marching band and an acapella group as their <laughs>
2: well there wasn't really room because spiller's island was had a kind of a funny shape and the football field itself kind of tapered uh, toward one end uh, conforming to the uh, the confines of the island and so uh, where at the 50 yard line you would have the, the normal width as he got toward the south goal post it got to be about fifteen yards wide. Um so the, the marching band could couldn't really negotiate that adequately. Uh, but it was left to me in my kazoo. <laughs> I I love
0: um I love that most people move to Canada to dodge the draft. You move there to dodge the kidney brothers.
2: <laughs> well, uh, it amounted to pretty much the same thing in the end. You wouldn't want to tangled with those fellas.
1: So I'm looking at you right now. You got some some buttons. One is a bird. And I think I saw you were a member of the Bird Watchers Association.
2: Uh yes. Um gosh, you really boned up on me. Um I well I've got a bluebird here. I may I make these these pins at home. Uh an Eastern bluebird and I've got a, a little Robin uh pin there from the Audubon Society. This is actually this 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 was uh belonged to my dad. He got it in high school. Uh, and there's another pin. I forget. I think I got that in uh, Prince Edward Island uh, in on the in the Maritimes when I was touring there 30 years ago. And uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've got a lot of pins around. I, I when I get gussied up, I like to add a little, uh, you know, a little this and that, just to uh, complete the 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 effect that I'm trying to create. That uh, I'm here and I mean business. And
0: yeah, I, I, we, it. I feel
1: it. <laughs> So what what what's what got you into bird watching? Oh
2: well, have you have you ever uh, spent any time out with the field glasses and the uh, hearing the songs and the, the the incredible variety of of bird life? Um, when I was a little fella, um, you know, you'd, you'd see a robin, you'd see a blue jay. This was back in Ohio. You'd see crows and. Uh, and those are the cardinals, of course. These are the birds that stood out for me. But it wasn't until I moved up to Montreal that uh, I really had a chance to become the person who I really am. And uh, without all the scrutiny. And and so when I noticed cardinals and blue jays and robins in Montreal, I thought, oh, gosh, they've got them here. I've, I've got some friends here already. And that, that was, that was the, the, the genesis of all of that. Mm. And. Now wherever I go, uh, I bring my binoculars along, and um, I like to spend, you know, time when I'm not otherwise occupied, just meeting the the community of birds, and uh,
0: cool.
2: it's it's uh, just a, a wonderful way for me, I think, to spend time. And I report my findings. There's a there's a site called eBird uh, where you can it'll give you uh, if you type in your locality, it'll give you the list of birds that you'll actually see there on wow. uh, a given day. And you can go through the checklist and just tick them off what you saw and, and report that. And it's a scientific yeah. thing. Yeah. Helps, Was there helps. any in Seattle that you were like
0: are specific to? I guess you live in BC, so we probably have similar birds in this it, region. Very
2: similar, but with some things that, like your scrub jay, your California scrub jay. It doesn't come up this way. I've never seen one up here, no. but they were there were a few in the parks. I went to uh, California
0: birds coming up here,
2: taking the jobs. Well, to the the well, <laughs> watch out for that. No, they. I don't know why they're called. They're they're not they're not uh, limited to California at all. I, mm. I've seen them in Seattle before, but I saw uh, oh, there were some brant geese. I went to Carkeek Park, mm. mm-hmm. park.
1: Yeah.
2: and the other the other place, uh, Golden Golden Gardens. Golden Gardens, yeah. yeah. On my off days when I didn't have shows, I made sure I got up there just to see because I was I was staying not far from that uh, that part of town. So it it made the trip for me as well as all those. Yeah.
1: Do you have like a great white whale, your Moby Dick of birds to see?
2: Uh, The the what's it called? The inaccessible island flightless rail is one that I, I, I'm i unlikely to see. It's it's the most un-pre, unprepossessing little brown bird. An inaccessible island is a real place. It's down off Argentina somewhere. And it's not that you can't get there. It's not inaccessible in that way, but you can't, it's hard to find a place where you can get your canoe mm. or your craft on the beach because it's very rocky. And, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, I'm looking at a the picture fl- right now. It looks like a, a mountaintop.
2: Oh, you found it already.
1: Yeah. It's, uh, and, internet, it's uh, and, really accessible on the internet.
2: Oh, okay. And this <laughs> accessible this, internet this accessible island flightless rail doesn't fly either. So mm. it just walks around. And it's a long way to go to see a bird that's just all brown all over yeah. and doesn't really do anything. But still, it's one of those since you asked, <laughs> uh, it came to mind. <laughs> so there you have it. So some people, uh, I've heard you called a humorist,
0: a poet. Um, what was that always the goal all along? Do you always gravitate towards poems being humorous or, um,
2: well, here's what happened Matt. uh, in the early days when I would, when I would appear in these coffee houses and I started branching out into other Canadian cities, um, people would look at me and it's, they'd, they'd start laughing because it was a sort of a nervous laughter. Uh they di- they weren't certain whether or not they were supposed to laugh, mm. was I intentionally uh, causing this amusement or w- what was going on and so because this was already happening I decided that I may as well uh, work with the audience at that level uh, and give them something that they might laugh at and feel alright about uh, because I know that the uh, Canadians are, are have a reputation for kindness and, and, and that sort of thing. So I didn't, I didn't want Canadian audiences <laughs> and I was just getting used to being uh, in Canada at this time uh, to feel awkward about, about me because I, I was intent on uh, continuing in this line of work and um, I didn't want people to feel badly for me. So I thought, well, I I could be a, I could throw in a, an amusing line here and there. And, uh, and it it grew in that. So I, I, Mm. when, when, when people call me a humorist, it's not always intentional, but uh, sometimes it can be, Mm. although I don't often make jokes.
0: Yeah. But I feel like the videos that I saw, like the, the poems that you were reading slanted towards funny, you know, funny. Yeah, they didn't have punchlines, but they definitely like were humorous. Were yeah.
2: Well, I'm glad to hear it because uh I wouldn't want to be attempting to be humorous and then find that I'd been falling flat on my. Oh yeah. Fifty years.
0: As someone who does that regularly. It is people. Oh well. Yeah.
2: Stick with it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Twenty five
0: more happy. years, and I'll get to being successful. <laughs> And so wh- how did you in- decide p- poetry? This is it. Were you always interested in poetry as a child or?
2: I yes. I, well, my my dad used to recite James Whitcomb Riley pieces like Little Orphan Danny has come to our house to stay and wash the cups and sauces up and brush the crumbs away and shoe the chickens off the porch and dust the hearth and sweep and make the fire and bake the bread and earn her board and keep and all us other children. When the supper things is done, we set around the kitchen fire and has the mostest fun listening to the witch tales that Annie tells about and the the goblins that gets you if you don't watch out. There it goes on. Uh, so he he had a he had a stock of those uh, that introduced me to poetry. Also, also there was a fellow. There had been a fellow. I I only heard about him uh, in my grandmother's day. She had four sisters as well. So they all had remembrances of this fellow named Joseph K. Hall, uh, who'd come up to Coshocton from Guernsey County in Ohio. And uh, he just sat up on a street corner and and recite. And he, I've been trying to picture this since the first time I heard of it. Uh, he had what they called a running bow. I guess he'd, he'd go back 20 or 30 feet and then come barreling forward and, and do some sort of a a bow and, and then they'd, uh, they'd toss coins and he had some sort of a sack that he'd pick up the pennies and nickels. He didn't make much of a <laughs> thing. Uh, of course, this is in 1905. Pennies and nickels would go a lot further than they yeah. will today.
1: So it sounds like you, when we talk to musicians, they have like musical families they grew up in. It sounds like you grew up in a poetry family. I think I read somewhere your brother Ralph was a poet or did
2: some poetry. Huh? Well, Ralph, Ralph, Ralph writes. He he he'll, he's always made fun of me uh, because he points at me and says, "Oh, look at look at my brother Pete here." He calls me Specs like most people do. He says, "Nice no, Specs, are you really going to keep keep on with this?" And he 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 writes. Most of his poems are about four lines in length. Let me see if I can. Let's see. Oh, well, I've got one here. Yeah, it was I, just I, pulled a book out of yeah. your back pocket. <laughs> when I when I when I published this book, uh the better poems of Peter Paul Van Camp, and uh, there weren't that many at the time, um I included some of Ralph's because uh oh where are they here? This is where you might want to do some some fancy editing while I'm uh, <laughs>
0: Well, I actually had written down that your fam- family was was in show business. Is that correct?
2: Oh, okay. Never mind, Ralph. For now, I'll find that later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my my True Ralph. First of all, first of all, uh, staying in 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 Coshocton, uh, and on my father's side of the family, my grandmother, his mother, when she was about eighteen, I'm going to say um was hired to play the piano at the pastime theater during the, the silent the silent pictures and uh the week she was on um it was a Lillian gish picture and, and uh, uh, uh i think it was a hmm the short the short subject was um harry Langdon i think uh pasty faced comedian and Um, well, she stayed on for the whole week until a a suitable replacement could be hired. So there was that aspect of show business because she, she talked about it for the next 70 years, um, lived to be 104 actually. wow. And, um, let's see. Uh, then on my, my mother's side, there was my, and this is, this is a favorite person to (laughs) me. This is my,
0: my. You pulled great, out another picture—a picture out of it. His back
2: great, well, not out of my pocket. There's, there's a table behind me here. Oh, yes. My my great great aunt Katie Quinn was her name, and she's seen in this photograph uh, as she appeared in a show called the uh, the County Fair she, mm. uh, in 1891. They're doing one nighters across the Midwest and into the Deep South. Uh, it was a show that had. Um, uh, quite a novelty in the fourth act. The big, the big finish was a horse race, on stage. The horses, wow. would, the horses would run on treadmills, wow, and 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 there was a cyclorama behind them, oh. uh, showing the scenery passing. So the horses were going galloping full full blast, ridden ridden by jockeys, and uh, the winning horse uh, was called called Cold Molasses, and uh, when cold molasses won the, the, the stake race at the county fair that year, it was enough to uh, save the, the farm and, and you know, the mortgage, pay the mortgage and all that. But Katie Quinn here, uh, she, she came from a farming family in, in Southern Ontario and they had moved to Rochester, New York, and uh, she went on the stage sometime in the 1880s. Uh, unfortunately she she passed away quite young and she was only about 35 when she died of pneumonia in, in Brooklyn. but uh, it was a hard life and uh, so when I found out about Katie, uh, I was already I, I'd never heard of her uh, until I was 50 years old. I'd been in this business for 30 years already and I had retired as a matter of fact. but I, I thought I found out about Katie. And I realized that I had had a forebear in this line of work. And she played eccentric parts, very eccentric parts. Everything that I've uh, heard about her uh, was uh, she must have been some kind of a character. Mm -hmm. But uh, so I thought, well, what's the matter with me? I I should be getting back to this. And so I revived my career and uh, it's been going rather great guns. uh, That's amazing. You unretired
0: is what I read. (laughs) You retired in what, 2002 and then unretired in 2012 or?
2: Boy, you you fellas are really read up on this. I didn't know that was those that was common knowledge. I, I just made good. those
0: numbers up, but uh, oh
2: well. It's, it's for, just... as, as, as guesswork goes, that's pretty good because that's exactly what happened. Now, now, wait, oh, so ahead, in
1: me. your career, it looks like you were in a movie, Rabbit Pie. Oh yes,
2: yes well, Rabbit Pie that was that was filmed in Winnipeg. In uh, I, I lived in Winnipeg for a long time. And that was filmed in 1976. It was a, it was a, the way it worked was um, I was seated in a restaurant and I was writing a poem about rabbits. Uh, I was, hmm, bunnies, rabbits, hmm, that kind of thing. Rabbits, bouncing, jumping, furry. And uh, some of the other diners um, were being served rabbit pie. And then these these rabbit pies, which were actually made out of plaster, but they began um, doing what rabbits do, uh, and are known to have. So these pies were were uh, proliferating in, until the room was filling up with these rabbit pies. <laughs> nice. Yeah, as movies go, it's uh, I suppose it's a classic of the genre of the, the of, the, of rabbit.
0: the rabbit pie genre.
2: Yes, uh, it hasn't really spawned a. Uh, a lot of uh, imitators but uh, it stands on its own merits i think so that was my that was my film career
0: yeah, and um your television career was you were in a show called the road show television program is that
2: that was okay oh all right let's talk about that that was in 1977-78 that winter um it was a it was a there was a, a, a songwriter from manitoba named rick Newfeld, and uh, a woman named colleen peterson who's from ontario and they were the host of this show and we w- we would go uh we went to uh we played in the Maximum Security Prison in, in uh, Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. That was one of our shows.
0: And this is on This is broadcast on television as like live performances, or
2: no? Well, no, it wasn't live. It was a it was a package series. You know, so the, there was editing done. Uh, but they had musical guests, and uh, oh gosh, it was it was a dreadful place to to walk into and out of. Uh, and I I wondered what it was like to be a guard and and be employed there yeah and have to face this every day and uh, not that they were all sympathetic uh individuals Uh, i could tell that some of them weren't but these were these were um, these were desperate men as a matter of fact one scene which i don't think was used in the in the television program they they sent me into the weight room among the inmates and so these, early, on, the, the, like the waiting room or like the wait? No, the, the waiting okay. the, the room. And so all those, they had, they, they also, and the, the the producer said, Hey, here's a funny idea. Why don't we send the poet in with, into the weight room with these fellas and see what happens. The cameraman didn't want to go in there. So I think he filmed it through a, a, a window I, I can't recall that anything happened i i was in and out of it the, the uh the prospects for what they hoped would be comedy were, were pretty pretty uh thin on the ground so i yeah. got as quickly as i could but we did one at a at a um uh, an army base and we did one at the banff center in in alberta and was it um, is I, it sort of
0: like a prairie home companion type show where it's well, like different... it
2: wasn't no it wasn't like it wasn't as developed as that. It was uh, it was a variety show, mainly mm. music, and and they had me doing things that they thought would be amusing. Uh,
0: How did your poetry go over at the prison? <laughs> yeah,
2: I think I blotted that out of my recall. <laughs> oh, <actually>. right, yeah, <laughs> uh, I I hoped that I would choose the right things, but they weren't that uh, yeah fussy about what I had to say. Yeah.
1: Now, so you mentioned you Casey, so you worked with a bunch of musicians on this. Um, it looks like you work a lot of like folk music events.
2: Yes. Yes, well that all began began happening at the coffee houses when I we, I was in that uh I was in that uh I put myself in that situation where uh folk musicians, singer-songwriters, as they were beginning to be called in the early 70s. Um so I found that if I could uh, if I could uh, do my work there, um, I'd still have my slight advantage of being a little bit different. Uh, I'm not the guitar picker, not the guitar picker's son, but I will keep the crowd in tune till the guitar picker comes, was my uh, <laughs> approach. To that thing. And uh, and then folk festivals. Uh, uh, when I the first year I was living in Winnipeg, the Winnipeg Folk Festival, which is coming up to its fiftieth anniversary. Pretty soon um, was founded, and uh, so I, I began playing there, and I became a main stage host as well, which was another career. So uh, I was all over Canada and in Philadelphia, Folk Festival as well, one of the bigger ones in the United States. And sure, so that was that was where you'd usually find me, uh, where music was being played. And uh, boy, I made a lot of friends, and yeah. I a lot. A lot of great tunes too
0: it looks like are you're and you it looks like you' play in some groups like you you drum with some people and there's an there's a record um that you released yeah there it is the uh
2: the I was the I was the uh the uh I, I was calling myself the band was called the sometimes called the critter family so they they called me frying pan van critter and um, <laughs> um so i was a drummer played the kazoo harmonica we, that that uh, that show was uh it was a medicine show actually so i was the pitch man for that as well we were selling something called the Hayday vapors which was just a bottle of air mm-hmm. but it fetched a good price if if people would uh would uh, go for the pitch and we we had a wagon pulled by a couple of clydesdale horses and we'd set up in a in a in a park or a small town somewhere and and do our show and it was a musical show and we had a lot of fun. That was about 30, 30 some years ago or more. You would just now.
1: set up like like busking, or you would set up as part like a festival.
2: Well, we played at some festivals, it's true, but most of the time we would just uh, we had a long standing uh, engagement at a place called the Forks in in Winnipeg. It's a big park where the Red and the Cinnabon Rivers come together and fork there. And um, so there's a, a provincial park there. Uh, but we play in some small towns as well. And we, we'd actually pretend that, that we'd arrived by horse. The horses would be trucked in and then we'd hitch them out, hitch them to the wagon about a mile outside of town and then parade. In. <laughs> because distances uh, across the prairies uh, are lengthy yeah the roads may be flat but it's a long way to, uh, <laughs> Hearn to Carberry, uh if you're going uh by horse so we have pretended a little bit
0: so you would play you would do poetry and play music as part of this group and, and do the yeah. pitch. Yeah,
2: that's would, right would you, yeah.
0: now i'm happy to announce that i am the high bidder on i'm going to tell lp on ebay at okay nine dollars i'm very excited <laughs> wow.
2: I have one copy left, and my son found it in San Francisco in the in the in the remainder bin. I think he paid two dollars for it. I'll
1: give you oh. three for it just to make Matt mad about spending nine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I will. I'll you know if I'm the um if I win it, I'll send it to you so you have a second copy. Oh,
2: I I don't care for it myself. Oh, okay, <laughs> I've heard it. <laughs> oh wait, is Am I spending too much? I think about, uh, uh, about three times too much. <laughs> but as, as, it's got a really nice cover. Uh, it, was, it, it, was, it was made as a children's album. We recorded it live. My, my cohorts on that were Kathy Fink and Duck Donald, with whom I toured right across Canada. Because we were based in Winnipeg, we would go west from Winnipeg, we would go east from Winnipeg, wherever you were. Uh, touring from it was good to be in winnipeg because you were halfway already halfway to either coast yeah so yeah we 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 recorded that in 1978 i think and um my whole approach to things has changed considerably uh, (laughs) since that recording was made so i i can't listen to it
0: yeah uh, Yeah. but
2: someone else might enjoy it uh (laughs) And I hope you will. If you know, I, yeah,
0: well, we'll see now. I feel like I'm getting ripped off now. <laughs> well, so, just,
2: pre- just pretend it's still 1978.
1: Oh,
2: all right. all right, pretty new. And <laughs> fine. Now, oh, go ahead,
1: and Louis. See, so you're kind of from a, a very artistic background. You mentioned while we were chatting before we started recording, your wife is a potter?
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. Yes. And and she uh, she was she was an actress when she was young. She grew up in Stratford, Ontario, where they have the Shakespeare Festival. So uh, she was in the in the uh, young young theater groups there, and uh, uh, Potter. really became her main focus, though. And um, she's wonderful. She does wonderful work. I've Got a piece here. Let me see if I. <laughs> this is just something. This is something she gave me uh can you I'll, I'll take the feathers out of it oh yeah, it, it's, yeah. Look, look at the arms on that it's like yeah well, i never yeah it's
1: so it's like a uh, tall it's like a collins it, glass shape but it's, it's tall it's and it, yes and,
2: uh,
0: and it's got some it, it's emotional got some, arms yes yes
2: very so this is the way you think of yeah that's that's kind of thing. is that
0: how you you met your your partner is uh, at the Shakespeare Festival or through touring, mm-hmm.
2: um, we met in Winnipeg. Um, I was a poet residence, poet in residence at a place called the Manitoba Theatre Workshop, and she came uh, to the city to be a puppeteer. Actually, they had a puppet theater there, and she had known the, the director. He was also from Stratford, so they were acquainted. So he sent for her to come out, and I was I was there and and. Um, we met and, and had a, uh, a friendship for a time. And then we went in our, in our separate directions for about the next 30 years and we each, we each had families independent of one another. And then we, uh, uh, later, uh, when those, uh, let's call the marriages, uh, uh thinned out. Uh, and, uh, had to be uh, ended. Um we remembered one another and uh oh, that's great. The last the last 20 years we've been together. Nice
0: classic poet in residence slash puppeteer romance. It's the old old story. <laughs> I
2: think
1: Disney made seven movies on that premise. Yes,
0: they did. Now, you mentioned poet in residence. I have two questions. One, what is that exactly and what does that entail? And then two, um, I read that you had one at a com- a, com- co- convent? Convent? a convent 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 a convent convent i was like saying covenant
2: convent and it was short lived uh, yeah, okay well let's... there's a lot of questions there i was uh, well i was resident poet at the convent of st brenda of the sacraments which is in uh, newcomerstown ohio or was um, oddly enough the place was struck by lightning and and burned to its foundations. Uh, Wait,
0: while you you were there?
2: No, I I was actually sent away. uh, Mother Superior, uh, Sister Ignatius, sent me away because she knew I I was 19. uh, She knew I wasn't ready for this Mm -hmm. posting. And I can't remember who recommended me. This was just before I went to Montreal. Uh, So she sent me, she gave me a seven-year sabbatical uh, the idea being come back when you're ready. Mm-hmm. So I went off to Montreal. In the meantime, lightning struck. That was after that and uh, I, my career was underway and I never I, I never looked back. And so what a resident poet does, I guess well, they give you a little room and a table and uh, you have to provide your own pencils and paper um, and you just uh, write. And if you know, you hold office hours, so in the in the uh, case of the, the convent, some of the novices would come in. They would tap on, on my door. It only happened twice, um, and and they would show me something that they had written, and I would I would say whatever uh, came to mind in the form of encouragement, hoping that they would you know keep up with the work, and. Um, send them on their way and i don't know if any of them became poets uh in the in the course of their lives i hope so so.
0: essentially it's sort of like you they give you a space for you to be to work on your art form but then you also offer some mentorship to people who might be interested in that art form
2: and believe you me when i was 19 i had precious little to offer (laughs) But uh, which which is I think was a good idea that I was sent packing uh, because it all worked out well. Uh, (laughs)
0: Um, I have before we get into the Moisture Festival, I read that you have a goal of reaching 1000 poems. Um, Are you near that?
2: Where did you hear that?
0: Oh, I don't know does that not maybe that wasn't I'm just, you I'm
2: just Here's coming up on Peter Paul I'm just coming up on 500 poems um
0: well it um, was you had you uh, it was some a blog post that you had written about writing a poem I believe every day for a hundred days um to celebrate a birthday or something
2: oh 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 here okay yes I'll be 70 <laughs> in a few days. Um, and, uh, I'd had this idea, this title for a poem came into my head sometime in the past, uh, six months or so, Peter Paul Van Camp on a bicycle at 70. So I thought, I'd like to write something like that. So I wrote, I wrote one installment and I thought it was just a half page. And then I realized, I don't think that quite covers the topic. So I, I then thought, what if I wrote 70? poems called Peter Paul Van Camp on a Bicycle at 70 during the, the year when I'm mm. 70 years of age. So I've written 10 of them and it ha- I haven't even had the birthday yet. So <laughs> uh, looking good for me that I am yeah. yeah. make it through. Because there, there are a lot of things, a lot of ways of looking at any uh, any idea, points of view from the bicycle mm. or from the point of view of someone watching me ride past on a bicycle or here, let me let me. where is it? Uh, I'll read you one if I could. Yeah. But this is, there's a sort of a subsection to this. Um, this is called, this one's called P.T. Paul Van Camp on a tricycle at three. Okay. The little tyke is riding hard on the sidewalk in front of his house. Accidentally, he finds out that he can go backwards and rolls in reverse. He's delighted, of course, but Uh Uh-oh. See? He gets himself stuck in a real muddy patch where the concrete is broken. One wheel in the soup. He strains at the pedals. He cannot go forward. He cannot go backwards. He squeezes the handle grips. He wails toward the house. He howls toward the treetops. When will he learn he can climb off his trike? The wild little tyke? Maybe he will, or or bless his heart is he churning there still so I like that you can see that in a sense I still this this really happened and I remember it uh, vividly uh, so in a, in, a, in a sense I am churning there still yeah. a little frustrated and it never occurred to me that all I had to do was climb off
0: <laughs> there you go now you said you have five. 500 poems written. And I watched a video of you, and <clears throat> you have this huge book when you're on stage. And I'm assuming it's filled with different poems and stories. It's filled
2: with different poems. That's that's the that's the, that's the one that I can't fit anything else in. It into. sort of looks like
0: uh, to the people listening. It sort of looks like a scrapbook slash cookbook.
2: Pretty uh, much, pretty much. It's got it's got all the aspects. As a matter of fact, uh, the look of this this binder uh was the inspiration for my my second book after after many years of um the the better poems of peter paul van camp uh i decided to put out the one you mentioned uh, it's called when my grandmother cleans my room but the title goes on and a good five dozen other poems plus one recipe for cornmeal mush <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's, uh, well, and,
2: anyway, they, uh, that, that book was made uh, with photocopies of pages from from the big the big uh, Commodious Binder. That uh-huh. I so it's got the original look of, of pages that had been around for. Months.
0: Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Well, it what, the reason I bring this up, it made me laugh because the video I watched, you had this huge book full of yeah. stories but then the story you told you it was completely memorized <laughs> and it was a, you made it look like you're looking at the pages but you it was, it was clear well, you had memorized it the whole thing. how many of your 500 poems do you have memorized
2: oh i hope not that many because uh you wouldn't want to clutter up one one wouldn't want to clutter up one's mind with uh, too much that one had written uh, in that way but oh, yeah. the piece the piece you're alluding to the uh, the one that I did at the the opening night of the Moisture Festival. Maybe that's the one.
0: Yeah, Uh, they had thrown Penny. I believe pennies were thrown at
2: you. Oh, that one. Oh, 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 that one. Oh, oh, that was another story. Yes. Uh, That's called the uh, song, The Cry of the Rare Bird. Yeah. That was when I was appearing somewhere when i was quite young and it was a it was a well it was kind of like the prison audience although they didn't have cash to throw but uh these were as weights these were longshoremen uh yeah. baltimore and um so at, at one point they started throwing pennies at me and i i made i made the best of it although i did wind up in the hospital but uh, i thought well okay if this is the way it's going to be i'm going to I'm going to persevere and uh, I'll show them. Mind you, I've never bothered to go back and try to show them uh, (laughs) themselves, but I've I've shown others and it's, it's made a good uh, piece for me. Yeah. So how did you get involved in the
1: moisture festival?
2: Oh, so you probably know Al Simmons. Yes. Okay. So Al's from Winnipeg. I met Al. I'm going to say in 1976 or so. He was in a band called Cornstalk and uh, they, they, they played the uh, the pubs and the the various little little festivals that were going on. And uh, anyway, Al and I became we're good friends. And so in 2019, well in 2018, he was he was gonna he'd applied to the Moisture Festival and he was accepted and he suggested that I might like to do that too. So I did. And again, I think the novelty factor, because, because what I do is, is, uh, it sets me apart from the aerialists and the magicians and the jugglers and so forth. And the people like Al, uh, and Avner, you know, Avner, I, I saw Avner at a, uh, folk festival. I'm going to say 1978. He was doing, he was doing some extraordinary work back then. And, uh, it was great to see him in 2019, and again this this year that we were in the same week. That was nice. Anyway, that Al Simmons was my introduction to the Moisture Festival, and and then uh, so I wrote to Tim first and talked about the possibilities, and uh, it happened twice now. So yeah, and here's the thing about the Moisture Festival that I like, and and I think I think people who are familiar with the podcast and with the festival itself will appreciate this. I've never, ever, ever met audiences like you find at the Moisture Festival shows. Um, They they come, they seem to have schooled themselves in, in the variety world. And so when you walk out on stage, uh, they're willing to suspend their disbelief and think, "Well, whoever this person is, if they're here, they must be pretty good." Mm, so you have that advantage. Yeah. And, and over the course of of five shows, both both years that I played, I realized, as I met every audience, that every piece I was attempting had somewhere else to go some some other facet to it that could be polished up and or a pause you could put in and and they would buy it wholesale because they understood so boy if i could if i could get more of that i'd I'd be (laughs) be pretty happy boy
0: right every show is like that
2: every show is like that yeah yeah so and it's
0: it, it's, a, it's a treat having you because it is really a sort of a throwback to old v- variety shows, old vaudeville shows, where it is a sort of co- collection of different art forms and having you like is it, it's perfect.
2: Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thank uh, you. That's really nice to hear. And, I, you know, I often over the years, I've, I've wondered what it would be like to have been operating, mm-hmm. you know. 70, 80, 90 years ago, of course it made me a very old man now but uh, uh, to be to be touring to be playing two shows a day or in my yeah. case probably four or five uh, I'd be I think a small timer but um, going city to city, uh, meeting all those acts I, I I wondered how i how I would have enjoyed it how i would have felt about it how audiences of, of that era would have would have uh, taken to me um perhaps i have the advantage now having the appearance of a throwback
0: yeah maybe yeah
2: uh, i don't know maybe maybe if i'd been working in 1920 i would have had to dress like it was 1790 to get the same or effect. maybe
0: you would be from the future
2: <laughs> oh well with a
0: jetpack <laughs> and all that yeah exactly <laughs> Well, we don't want to take <laughs> up all your time, but um if people want to find you, uh they, they can get your books, I believe, on Amazon.
2: And um no, no just... they, can't. they they can, unfortunately, because uh they're out of print, both of them. Oh, oh. So, um, so until, I, until I write another one. Well, um eBay, I guess there, there's well, the, the one that uh, this one's still to be found although i was selling these for two dollars when they came out now i i see they are going for 36 dollars oh man and i I think i think it's because uh i signed them all ah Uh, so so it says autographed by the author There's nothing special about an autographed copy. If you could get an unautographed copy, you'd,
1: you'd <laughs> Now, you so can she... also find a copy on Amazon of the I'm Going to Tell album for $17.50 with free shipping. Oh, <laughs> oh
2: <that's>...
0: man.
1: <laughs> or you can outbid Matt on eBay for
0: $10. <laughs> <laughs> but I think shipping is 4 or $5, to say oh, you know. <clears throat> so just Google Peter Paul Van Camp and um, up will come some great videos of your, your performances, some of your writings, uh, some, you know, some great stuff online about you. And, uh, I highly recommend everybody do that if you haven't seen him at the moisture festival, uh, Peter, Paul, we want to thank you so much for your time. We appreciate
2: it. It's gone by awfully quickly. And, uh, (laughs) that means we must've had a good time. So, uh, here's to both of you. It's been a pleasure to, to have this conversation and, uh, Boy, if I can get back to Seattle anytime, I'm there. Awesome. Well, if we
0: have any say in the matter, we'll make sure you do. Yeah.
2: All right. Thank you.
0: <laughs> right, thanks okay. for hanging
1: out. Right. Well, hey, I, I think
2: it was a good day. Thanks so much. <laughs>
0: That's it for today, folks. I want to thank you so much for listening. If you want to check out more information like who's performing, how to volunteer, how to contribute, be sure to go to the Moisture Festival website, which is moisturefestival.com.
1: If you like this podcast, you can check out the podcast that Matt and I do called the Odd and Off Beat Podcast. You can get on all of the podcast places, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, and where we talk about weird news stories of the day. It's a good time.
0: Yeah, if you like this podcast, you will love that because it is all things weird. (laughs) (laughs) And that has links to my personal page and Louis Fox's personal page if you want
1: to follow what we do individually. So we want to thank all of the performers, donors, sponsors, volunteers, volunteers who put on the moisture festival it really takes a village to make this thing happen
0: absolutely we want to thank you for listening and we want to thank you in advance for coming out to the moisture festival so be sure to check out the moisture festival site they also have a facebook page an instagram page and a youtube page to see how you can get involved and be a part of this year's or next year's moisture festival we want to thank you so much for listening to today's podcast and we hope to see you soon See you later. Thank you for listening to Moisture Festival Podcast and stay moist.